Welcome to So You Want to Be a Witch, the podcast for soul-centered entrepreneurs and the people who love them. Welcome back to So You Want to Be a Witch. I am your host, Sarah M. Chappell, and let's talk about growing a minimal viable business. (laughs) So as a lot of you know, I'm really passionate about creating businesses that actually support us and work with who we are. Something is not a soul-centered or holistic business if it doesn't take us into account, right? Like you matter, I matter. As the generators of the business, the owners of the business, we matter. We have to we have, <laughs> we have to be included in what we're doing. But one of the ways that I see folks set themselves up for failure, and I've done this myself, is by not taking into account who they are at their biggest challenges, at their worst, if you will whether that is a chronic health or a mental health issue, whether that's how you know you respond to stress. A lot of times we build our businesses with the vision of our best selves in mind, who we are when we are fully rested and fully nourished and fully cared for, and that's awesome. But those businesses often don't actually answer the question of what we need when we feel like shit. (laughs) So if you have been in the online business space or studied business at all, you might be familiar with this idea of the minimal viable product. We talk about this in the Holistic Business Academy, and this is something that really comes out of, um, out of production and has been kind of popularized through Silicon Valley, which is essentially what is the base that a product needs to be to be shipped, to be like good enough to sell. And I love this concept, especially for those of us who have some perfectionist tendencies, because it's all about figuring out when your product is good enough, not great, not awesome, not the best, simply good enough to provide the result that your customers need at a baseline. The most recent big example of this was Disney+. Plus. I am not a Disney fan. Not, I'm not an anti-Disney. Don't come at me, y'all. I know a lot of you really love Disney. But I don't, I'm not, I'm not an adult Disney watcher, and I don't have children, so it is not really a big part of my life. But I do know that when Disney Plus came out, there were a lot of problems. It was buggy. It didn't have everything on it. They did a massive launch of a product that wasn't actually finished. It wasn't perfect at all. And this was actually big news that Disney went ahead and launched this even though it wasn't really done. They launched it because they had reached minimal viable product status. They had made it good enough that you would give them your money and start testing it and start using it and they could fix it on the back end. This is extremely common with big companies, but I find small business owners tend to hold themselves to a higher standard, like our stuff has to be perfect. Y'all, Disney has like 20 million people working for it and they couldn't get it perfect, so give yourself a break. The minimal viable product idea is something that comes through in our businesses when we talk about things like beta testing or putting something together and doing it live instead of doing it perfectly recorded or just like, you know, doing the best you can and not stressing too much about typos or or your sound quality or, or anything like that, right? We, we get it out, we ship it. We, we, we get it into the hands of people who need it so that we can then refine actually with their feedback, which frequently is actually more useful. But I wanna expand this idea of the minimal viable product to the minimal viable business. What if your entire business had a, an approach that actually let you know what the base minimum was for it to continue to go on? for it to continue to support your customers, for you to continue to make money. 
I'm so keen on this idea because honestly, a lot of times I run my business off of minimal viable business rather than maximum potential. So let's break down what I mean by this. First of all, I just kind of want to like extend my hand through this recording to those of you who are going to resonate with some of the, the challenges that I'm going to talk about today, because I know a lot of folks in our audience that a lot of you are like me, that you do have maybe chronic mental health issues or chronic physical health issues, or maybe you're a caregiver, maybe you have children, right? Right now, children in pandemic time. You don't always have control over how you spend your time or how you feel. And as much as I am a strong believer in the power of personal agency, I'm also a strong believer in recognizing where we don't have that agency, whether that is due to societal constructs and whether that is due to just being humans in bodies or whether that's due to responsibilities outside of us. Sometimes shit has to happen. Sometimes things are outside of our control and that is okay. But what we can do from the personal agency standpoint is figure out what is the baseline? What is the minimum? What can we fall back on in times of challenge to actually make sure that we are not overextending ourselves? This is really close to my heart this month in particular, because just to be like super straight up, this month has sucked. Actually, the whole second half of this year has sucked for me personally. And this week that I'm recording this has been one of the worst weeks that I've had in, I don't know how long, um, in, in really, in probably a few years, probably a couple of years. And what's a girl to do? What's a girl to do when one has a business and has, has employees and has hundreds of customers? And I'm struggling a lot with my mental health. I'm having situational challenges that are completely outside of my control, but affecting me. And I have to do my job. That's when minimal viable business comes into play. And I'm on month month four of pretty severe burnout and depression. And how have I continued to grow my business and to make money and to support my customers? Minimal viable business. So let's dive in. The first thing about business in general, <laughs> and we talk about this inside the Holistic Business Academy at length, we're always going to come back to this. And oh, here is your, your episode reminder. We are doing our final push for HBA at the current price, like now when you're listening to this. Um, I believe November 30th will be the final day that you can join HBA at the current rate before we relaunch it at the new rate. We're going to do a final push over um, Black Friday, thanksgiving -y weekend, whatever that is. And I think as of now, November 30th is the final day. So I really, I keep hitting on this because I know a lot of you have been trying to decide whether or not you want to join or if you want to come and join us again if you're a previous member. And I don't want you to miss out on the opportunity to get in at the current rate, especially because you're here and you're part of this community. I want you guys to get the opportunity to lock in that rate. So if you want that. Go to holisticbusinessacademy.com forward slash impact. Watch my free training where I take you through the holistic business framework. And then I'll share more about the academy so you can make sure it's the right next step for you in your business. And as long as you are a member in good standing, you'll have that rate. It's yours forever. <laughs> so I, I don't want you to miss it. And if you have questions, you can always send me a DM. I'm happy to talk with you about the program to make sure it's a good fit. But inside HBA, we're always looking at this idea of holistic, including you and your business, right? So we have to start with knowing ourselves. This is like one of the big things that people skip. We're always looking for like the shiny objects of a new marketing strategy, 
or a new ad strategy or a new sales strategy. And look, I've been in sales and marketing for over 15 years. I am a strategist at heart. I have done this for over, oh my God, for over half of my life. Ooh. <laughs> and the most important thing that I can tell you is that you have to know who you are as a business owner. No strategy in the world matters if it doesn't align with your gifts, your skills, and also, frankly, your weaknesses. So we need to know who you are under stress, who you are under challenges. What is your default? What do you go to? For me, my default tends to be anxiety and panic. I, I go to a place of, um, of wanting to exert control by hyper-focusing on the future, by I, I get hyper-vigilant. I, I have like, well, as all of us do, but I also have, I have acute trauma in my past. So I have that like very much in my body that that hypervigilance, I can go there in a second. And that's my default. And over time, that turns into burnout and depression, right? When when my body, when the, when the adrenaline doesn't work anymore, when the cortisol cascade is just super fucked, then I'm just a shell of a human being. That's my pathway. That That's how I respond to stress, how I respond to challenge, how I respond to things outside of my control. And that has um, negative ramifications on my physical health, right? That exacerbates, I have, um, I have a lot of allergies, I have asthma, whatever, right? All of that's made worse by that. So if you, if you can, you can pause this even, right? But I want you to take some notes. What do you default to, right? What are your coping mechanisms? Where does your brain go? Where does your body go in times of stress or challenge? How do you respond when something unexpected happens? How do you respond when more gets put on your plate, when, when something bad happens? Because as much as we want to create our businesses with these like massive, amazing goals in mind to motivate us to take uh, like just wild action towards our dreams, we also want to recognize that like there are times when we can't do that. There are times when other things come first. There's times when things are outside of our control. So make a quick list and you can add this to kind of your reflection, like let the back of your brain kind of chew on it and get clear on who you are when things fucking suck. Who are you? Where is your, what is your personal bad place, right? Because if we don't know that, it's going to be hard to make the decisions around what our minimal viable business is. Some folks, when they are in the bad place, they actually get super productive, right? You might, you might be one of those. Maybe you're like me and you just become like a blob of like anxiety and self-loathing. All of these things are going to affect what's possible for you in those challenging places. And look, we can't plan for everything, right? We actually don't know what's going to happen. I know, weird, right? But we can know our most common places that we, uh, that we fall back to. So if I'm going to use myself as an example, because I, I, I'm the only one here actively right now, so I will. The big things that this kind of manifests in that actually cause problems in my business are fatigue. I, I struggle with fatigue a lot, brain fog, and lack of creativity. The thing that is the hardest for me when I am in my like shit show place is actually like creating content and is, is like yeah, being creative. That's really, really tough for me. So if I know that about myself, then I want to look at what actually has to happen to keep the business running, right? So step one, what is your shit show place? How does that affect you physically, emotionally, mentally? What are the limitations that that places on you? Step two. What has to happen in your business for it to continue? And, you know, I don't mean, you know, maybe continuing the same growth trajectory that you're dreaming of. I don't necessarily mean like 
you know, yeah, like going all out, like what is the, what has to happen? So from a baseline perspective, there's usually two big things that we need to keep an eye on. The first is our customer support and customer service, right? What do you have to do with your existing customers? Are there emails that need to be answered? Are there, um, you know, things you need to fulfill on for your customers? If it's something like emails, what is like the, the maximum response time that you can get away with? right? Kind of looking at each of these pieces of your business and saying like, okay, yes, in my dream world, I want to get back to every email within 24 hours. Well, what is kind of the max where my customers will still get what they need from me, but I have more flexibility, right? In terms of your offers themselves, what are the core deliverables? What do you have to show up and do? I use Holistic Business Academy as a lot for as an example for this. And we've talked about this in the past, because my core deliverable of me personally for Holistic Business Academy is two coaching calls a month. I have to show up live twice. Now, people who are in HBA know I'm in the Facebook group. We often have other calls. There's, of course, a whole bunch of core content and bonus and all this other stuff that happens. I'm around much more than that. But I would actually fulfill on the promise of HBA if I showed up for those two calls a month with everything else being equal. That's very much on purpose. (laughs) That is specifically designed around the fact, what I mentioned earlier, fatigue, brain fog, and lack of clarity are the big challenges that I run into when I'm not well. Showing up live for a coaching call, it actually gets me excited. It helps me to overcome the fatigue. There's the adrenaline of of putting on a live show. I don't need to worry about being creative and kind of making things because people come with questions so I could be responsive instead. And two times a month is easy. I can show up two times a month. Like even if like things were like truly horrific in my life, I can show up for those two calls. I know that about myself. What are your core deliverables, right? And do you have places in your business, like almost like levers that you can, you can move if something needs to shift? If you know that you don't, yeah, maybe content creation isn't one for you too, right? Making content all the time is hard for you, but showing up for one-on-one sessions, you can still do that even if you're not feeling well. You have really healthy boundaries. You have a kind of energy flow where even if you're not doing great, showing up in service really still works for you. Then having those one-on-one clients and being able to kind of book up your schedule with that instead of trying to make a course or something, that might work better for you. So what are the core deliverables for your offers and do you have flexibility there? I don't have my physical product line anymore, but for a long time, that was what I would retreat into uh, when I wasn't feeling well because making physical products, I had an alcohol-free herbal remedy line for several years That I didn't have to talk to anyone. It was super, you know, kind of meditative and chill. I just put on music or a podcast and zoned out, pressing herbs and uh, and filling bottles. And it was something that I could do even if I I wasn't well. I mean, it's essentially like housework. (laughs) Like it's like it was it it was so simple for me to act on even if my brain wasn't working right. So do you have things like that in your business that you can default to or that you can kind of push up to the front if you if you need something that's easier for you? For me, Holistic Business Academy, my membership site essentially replaced the physical products as that kind of core base of the business and offers even more flexibility for me now while still having all these systems in place, which we've talked about in other episodes, to make sure that everyone's getting the support they need. So This is like, what has to happen? The third thing here, right? We have like the, or the second thing, really, we have the like, what do you need to do with your existing customers? 
For most of you though, something that doesn't still need to happen is sales, right? You still need to reach new customers and to sell stuff. And I find even though I'm a sales strategist and I actually really love selling, that that can be really hard for me when I'm depressed. That can be really hard for me when I'm when I'm having a big flare up of my health issues because selling requires confidence. It requires an enthusiasm. So much of selling is energy and selling is relational, right? It's about actually interacting with other humans, which can be hard for me when I'm not feeling well. Just to be super honest. I'm very much a like, I'm going to go hide in my hole and like, you know, not talk to anyone for a while except for my dog. So marketing and selling is something we usually still need to do to keep the business moving forward. So how do we work with that when we don't feel well? I have some tools that I really love, but I also just, this is like so much of this is just about thinking about your business differently, right? Instead of from our goals and dreams place, actually allowing us to go into those depths and be like, what do I do when things are fucked up? The first of all is scheduling, right? giving yourself the gift of just scheduling shit out. And honestly, like, you know, I use the uh, the Facebook Creator Studio now, which is the free in-app scheduler uh, for Facebook. There's tons of apps you can use, but scheduling out your social media posts, right? Scheduling out emails, letting things be done and not worrying about them. Not thinking you have to be present to touch each and every person in order to have a positive influence on somebody in your marketing or your sales strategy. I also like to think about the marketing tools that are more passive. Um, We talk about this in depth in the Holistic Business Academy, but different social media and different marketing tools online especially are more active or passive. Something like Instagram is really active, right? The algorithm prioritizes new content. It's like constantly feeding the the giant maw of of Mark Zuckerberg's demon, like there's this constant kind of uh, feeding that needs to happen. And it doesn't have to do it every day. I don't recommend posting every day at all, but it does require some consistency usually to have the best results in terms of sales. And there are other things that are more passive. Something like Pinterest uh, is a much more passive strategy. It's something that can be set up. It requires more setup up front, But once it's done, it's kind of done. We get leads from Pinterest still every day. And I don't think I've actually done, I mean, I haven't done anything strategically there in, oh my gosh, three years, three and a half years. Um, (laughs) And we still have leads come from it. It it is a much more evergreen kind of energy to, to the content because people use it like a search engine. We actually have Kat Hall, who's a longtime client of mine. Shout out to Kat. Um, Uh, Kat was one of my first ever tarot mentorship clients many moons ago. Kat is a virtual assistant now, and she specializes in Pinterest. So um, we can link up her her website in the show notes because I think she has a training on Pinterest and definitely has some good blog posts about it. So you guys can check check out Kat for that. But Pinterest has has so much possibility there. And even though it requires upfront setup, and you can hire someone like Kat, you can hire an expert to help you do that upfront. It, it, it's so much easier to, to have that run on autopilot in the background. So maybe looking at your marketing strategy and saying, okay, am I all in on Instagram and Facebook on things that actually need me to show up all the time? TikTok, right? Or do I have some more passive things? Another more passive thing is something like YouTube. Like Pinterest, YouTube is also used a lot as a search engine. That means your content can be really evergreen. Now, the challenge with this is that both YouTube and Pinterest use a lot of search engine optimization and to really do them well, I do think it's a little bit harder and more of a learning curve up front than something like Instagram or Facebook. 
but once you've done it, it lives on. Also Venture Podcasting, hello, here we are, has a lot of evergreen as well. When people find this podcast, they tend to go back to the beginning and listen all the way through. And I think this is going to be episode like 132 or something. We've been doing it for three and a half years. There's a lot of episodes. So folks can dive in and really get completely embedded into the Sarah Chapel universe. And while I still do this every week, the, the library doesn't go away right? The library actually helps people to, to get to know me faster and decide whether or not they want to work with me. So we can look at our marketing through this lens of, okay, what do we want to balance? And do you only have things in your marketing right now that are, are kind of flash in the pan stuff, right? And I want to be like clear, like Instagram, Facebook are extremely effective because they are so immediate and so relational. It's much easier to build relationships on those platforms. They're designed to be, you know, social. <laughs> like it's easy to talk to people and to help them make buying decisions. But minimal viable business, having something in your pocket where if you needed a break, people could still get introduced to your business. YouTube, Pinterest, podcasts would probably be my top choices is a fantastic idea. This is also a place where we can mention something like ads. Um, actually, as I'm recording this, I just got off a, um, a bonus training for HBA. We do bonus trainings, well, kind of whenever I feel like it, but usually once or twice a quarter, um, with Liz Melville, who's um, a, dear, a dear friend and colleague and a Facebook ads expert. And she was talking to our HBA members about kind of the, ma- the major ads that you need to, um, to effectively sell using Facebook and Instagram ads. And What I love about this is that like ad strategy can be a little challenging and learning the Facebook ads manager can be hard, but we can link to Liz in the show notes as well. So you can check her out because she's got so many great free resources and has her own podcast and all sorts of juicy stuff. But ads are something that can run on evergreen in the background. There you're spending money rather than your time. But if you get to a place in your business, which I would say is where I've been for the past several months, where it's easier for me to spend a little bit of money on ads than it is to show up like super actively because I'm just not well, that that becomes a really powerful strategy to continue growth, even if you're not able to, to show up for the organic work. So none of this is about like getting it perfect or right, but about brainstorming ideas so that you are really prepared for, for knowing what has to happen. And I think the final piece here when it comes to the marketing is giving yourself permission to reuse shit. Please reuse your stuff. Please stop making brand new stuff all the time. You have other things to do in your life. Unless content creator is your business model, and we talked about that in the business model episode. Some of you are content creators. You're using Patreon. You're really working as writers and artists, and you are looking to get paid for the content you create, not for a product or service that you provide. Yet then, yes, you may need to create new content more, but most of you are not getting paid as bloggers Most of you are not getting paid as podcasters or paid as, you know, like video makers. That's not a thing, is it? How do you, video creators, (laughs) whatever. You know what I mean. Most of you are getting paid for something that you sell after someone consumes that free content. So your marketing and sales content, it doesn't need to be new all the time. And in fact, it shouldn't. If something worked well, something got good responses, reuse it. People forget shit. People are happy to see reminders. Give yourself permission to reuse stuff. We use like this, literally the same email sequence every time we launch. I actually think for when we relaunch HBA in um, 
I think we're planning December. Honestly, we'll see how I feel. Welcome. Welcome to Minimal Viable Business. Like, are we going to relaunch in December? I don't know. I know we're closing registration at the current rate on November 30th. So that I can tell you for sure. But when we relaunch that, it's going to be the first time I've rewritten my email sequence in two and a half years. Is that, I think that's a big deal. And I mean, it's for every offer, pretty much every offer where I have a long sales sequence. I won't get into the whole launch sequence thing here right now, but usually what I do is I do a webinar or some kind of free training. This is what I teach inside the launch incubator. And then I do a four or five day email sequence on the back and to help people make buying decisions. I've used the same sequence, just swapped out for the different products for two and a half years. And we've made hundreds of thousands of dollars doing that. You don't need to do new content all the time. So for you, and this is a great thing to do when you are feeling well, is starting to really keep track of what marketing messages and what sales messages are effective. What is are people responding to? And if you're inside HBA or in one of my other programs, you know we talk about this, right? You should already be paying attention to what people are responding to. And keeping in mind that, you know, it's funny because I posted something like yesterday that Instagram is fucking with me so hard, so hard right now. Ugh. I don't want, I don't like to be an Instagram Debbie Downer, but it's, <laughs> my reach is real low at the moment, but we got a bunch of sales. <laughs> so I was like, very few likes for, for the, my audience size, but a shit ton of sales. Well, that, that means it worked, right? Sales is what I want. I don't need likes. Likes and comments don't pay the bills. You all know that. But tracking that, that content and being like, oh, this actually got people to buy. Awesome. That means it answered a question for them. It helped them get clarity. That's useful to hang on to. You can create a folder if you use ClickUp, um, maybe create like a doc that keeps like links of all of these so that you can easily find the best content and just reuse it and then schedule it. So I'm hoping that these ideas help you just to kind of like recap what we're talking about, right? Minimal viable business, what has to happen? Oh, even better. I had one more I forgot about. Some of you may not be in this place yet, but we've been talking about it a lot on the show. We had Tatiana O'Hara come on. We talked about it with Aaron and um, the um, ah, human design. You see, here comes the brain fog. I've been talking for 26 minutes. My brain is like, we're done now. Time to go and watch the crown or do nothing because my brain has now stopped. We've been talking about hiring. And while some of you may feel like you're not quite ready yet, this is a place where a virtual assistant, someone who even works just a few hours a week for you, could be super helpful at this minimal viable business level, right? Can you hire someone to check your emails, right? Can you hire someone, if you have a community, to check on your community? You know, you may not be ready for someone like we have Kiara in the Holistic Business Academy who is fucking brilliant. Can I, can I get a, can I get a yes for my HBA members? Kira, we adore you. Thank you. You know, you may not need somebody who's in there every single day, multiple times a day, like we have for HBA, but I started out with just having someone who helped me with the podcast and was checking our emails to make sure that everyone got their email responded, right? It didn't take a lot of time. It was like maybe four or five hours a week that this person worked doing both podcast and that. Like you can start to also hire some help to fill in some of these holes so the business isn't solely dependent on you. And I think that's, I know for me, it was really one of the hardest parts was making that transition, not being afraid to hire some help or get a virtual assistant or someone. But it also meant that we have so much more flexibility. Um, and this is where it comes back to knowing yourself, right? You have to know yourself, know your brain, know your body, 
what kind of help do you need? So yeah, let's recap. Now I can't believe I forgot to mention hiring because you don't need to be the only person in your business. And you can have someone work with you like seriously two or three hours a week. Like somebody would love to help you. Oh, they'd be so happy. They'd be so excited to, to get to learn more about your business and your work. And you would get just a little bit of relief knowing that things were taken care of. So our first step here, minimal viable business is to know thyself, right? You have to know yourself. We can't predict everything, but we want to make sure that we have a level of clarity around where we tend to default to in times of challenge, right? How that affects our brains, our body, our relationship, our ability to show up. And that's going to be different for each of us, but I I encourage you to give yourself the space to go there, to feel into it, to to remember what that's like. It was something that you aren't in right now. If you are in that right now, take some notes about how you feel. And then we want to look at your business as it is and say, what has to happen? And are you set up to be able to go to a minimal viable business? I almost think of it like, like layers of your business. And it's like, there's, it's like princess in the pea or something, right? Uh, anyway, that, um, you know, there's like all these different layers on your business and the minimal viable business, like it's the pea at the bottom. <laughs> like it's a, it's, it's like the stuff that like you're going to feel <laughs> like if it doesn't happen, it's going to cause pain and suffering. Like it's going to, it's going to fuck things up. What is that for you? All the other stuff, it's awesome. It's awesome to do all this cool marketing stuff. It's awesome to have all these cool offers. It's awesome to be able to show up like super hard all the time. But what about when you can't, right? We want to get to that kernel that the P. I I don't know where that, (laughs) I was like, princess is the P. I haven't thought about that in a while. It is, right? It's P and a bunch of mattresses on top of it. Each of those mattresses are just bonuses. There you go. So we want to make sure that you're really clear on what the P is, <laughs> what has to happen in your business to keep things moving forward, to make sure your customers get what they need, to make sure that you're getting paid, but without like without the bells and whistles. And um, with that in particular, you want to make sure we're looking at what is customer support delivery look like? What do people need from you? What are core deliverables that you have to show up for no matter what? And if you're at a place where you're looking at that and you're like, oh my gosh, like none of this is aligned with who I am and how, how I default to in times of challenge. Awesome. Now you can change it. And then finally, we talked about some specific tools around sales and marketing in terms of having content that is longer lasting and doesn't have to be immediate in terms of scheduling things and, and really starting to reuse content and also look at ad strategies. And it's just ideas, right? Like you're going to have your own ideas that come out of this, but I hope that this helps you to see that you can keep running your business. You can keep making money. You can keep helping people. You don't have to be like full throttle all the time. And for those of you who are like me, who can't be full throttle all the time, it is worth putting the effort into your strategy now to have plans in place. So you really know what can be moved, what can be shifted and what can be reused, repurposed and scheduled so that you have more freedom to to take care of yourself and your responsibilities. I hope this has been helpful for you. And I'm going to give you your last reminder. Holistic Business Academy, my monthly membership site for spiritual entrepreneurs who are looking to make you know, $5,000 a month or more to get to that like sustainable income place um, without, you know, feeling like they're sellouts or, or wanting to like, you know, just fucking hating their businesses. <laughs> Our rate is going up. We are releasing a whole brand new core content. We have a beautiful rebrand, a new website, so much more support for you guys. And it's time to raise the rate. And I'm really excited about what we're going to be able to do at that price point. But I want you to have the opportunity to get in now before we do 
November 30th is your deadline. Go to holisticbusinessacademy.com forward slash impact. Watch the free training. See if we're a good fit for you. And I will see you on the inside. And, you know, I just want to remind you, like, you are a human in a body. <laughs> you're not a machine. You're not, you're definitely not like a business machine. You're also not a giant corporation. And that means that building your business around you and you even at your worst, if you will, <laughs> that matters. Like, that's okay. You're allowed to do that. All right. I will see you all next week. Hopefully, hopefully feeling better. But if not, I've done my minimal business activities for the day. I'm done. I'll see you all later. Bye for now. Bye.